This debate over paying players for name, image, and likeness is getting enough attention, but frankly, it should be getting even more. Pete Mundo with you. Heartland College Sports Weekly is the show. HeartlandCollegeSports.com is the site. We cover the Big 12 top to bottom, independently owned and operated, and always appreciate you guys joining us each and every week. So a couple of big things happened over the last week on this name, image, and likeness issue. First, it was Oklahoma State. And give Oklahoma State credit for being at the forefront of this, but Oklahoma State launched a program that was called OSU Elite. And what it basically does is it helps student-athletes capitalize, make money off their name, image, and likeness. Uh, The university put out a big press release last weekend, and this came on the heels of the governor of Oklahoma, Kevin Stitt, signing the state's name, image, likeness bill on Friday, May 28th. Oklahoma became the 17th state to allow college athletes to make money off their name, image, and likeness. So basically, this is Oklahoma State saying, hey, what we are going to do is develop programs, classes through the School of Business, um, a master's in entrepreneurship, which, which they already have, but we'll also now focus on Oklahoma State Athletics that will allow student athletes to do things like figure out how to manage their personal brand and personal finances. I think it's brilliant. I think it's absolutely brilliant. And I will add this, like if you're not paying attention to what's going on right now in the landscape, you do realize that like Instagram influencers are one of the hottest jobs. And I, you know, it's a job technically. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm a radio host for a living, so who am I to call somebody else's job not a real job? I mean, I, I get to play radio and, and media every single day, whether it's my daily radio show in Kansas City or running heartlandcollegesports.com or doing this show. Uh, I, I get to play on the playground for a living. I love what I do. It never feels like a job. So I'm not going to sit here and say, yeah, the Instagram influencer, that's not a real job because I'm sure the – Surgeon is saying, as he's hopefully listening to this show and this podcast, as he's doing surgery, oh, that guy on the radio show or on the podcast, that's not a real job. So I won't do that to anybody else. But the Instagram influencer uh, marketplace is enormous. It is a profession. It is a livelihood for a lot of people. Now, will most student-athletes use their name, image, and likeness to uh, be that superstar Instagram influencer? Probably not. But if if they can make a few bucks on their social media pages while they're in college, I have no issue with that. Whether it's doing an endorsement for a local car dealer or um, eh, whatever it might be, an icy hot patch, you know, for a football player. I I don't care. I don't know what it is. There's going to be a lot of options. But I have no issue with that whatsoever. And it's not, by the way, it's not just going to be football and basketball players. You know how I know that? Because most Instagram influencers are women. Let's just call it like it is. If you are a female um, and you are a softball star or a basketball star or a swimming or track and field star at any Big 12 school and you have a big Instagram following, that's oftentimes based on more than just your athletic prowess. You have a chance to be an influencer and make money off your name, image, and likeness while you're in college. And I have no issue with that. Like someone who I follow, who is not a traditional sports athlete on Twitter, who I know many of you follow, 
is, uh, and I, I, you know, I don't want to call her this because this would not be fair, but I was going to say Jabba Chamberlain's sister, <laughs> uh, Low Chamberlain. So Lauren Chamberlain is her technical name. I think she goes by Low, if I understand that correctly. But anyway, uh, Jabba Chamberlain, of course, pitcher in the major leagues. Uh, Low Chamberlain, uh, Oklahoma Sooner softball star from 2012 to 2015. She's huge on social media. She's got a huge following on social media. She's been with the OU softball team for this latest run of theirs. Um, she does sometimes endorse products as I see it on social media and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, now she's a few years out of college, so obviously she can do whatever she wants, but why should somebody like her who had a great, uh, athletic career at OU and was a star in softball when she was at OU, why couldn't she have made some money doing endorsements? I would have had no issue with that. No issue whatsoever. Uh, now she's continued that to what appears to be a semi-lucrative career in uh, things of that nature, influencer-type stuff after the fact. So good for her for doing that, and all the more power to her. But this is coming. Like, if you don't think this is coming for college athletics, you're not paying attention. So Oklahoma State launches this program called OSU Elite to help student-athletes capitalize off their name, image, and likeness. Texas Tech launched a similar program called OSU Elite. Excuse me, called... um, Beyond Verified is what the Texas Tech program was called. And it's the same deal. Way to help uh, student-athletes manage their social medias, capitalize, make money. That's what it's all about. Totally cool, totally fine. Texas Governor Greg Abbott is expected to sign a name, image, and likeness bill here in the coming days. Uh, Now, what's interesting, though, is that the other Big 12 states, Kansas, Iowa, and West Virginia, do not have that bill yet. Now, what a lot of people are hoping for here is that this will be taken care of at the federal level before long. They're hoping that basically Congress will have a bipartisan approach to this, even though not much gets done on a bipartisan basis these days, and make this a federal law. Because right now you still don't even have half the states who have this name, image, and likeness law. So this would create great inequities in the college athletics landscape. I mean, if you're somebody who is down to Texas and Kansas for basketball, let's say, Chris Beard right now has an upper hand over Bill Self because Bill Self, uh, he can't say to you, hey, you can make money off your name, image, and likeness here. You can't do that in Kansas. In Texas, you will be able to do that. At OU, you'll be able to do that. Bill Self did warn about this a couple of weeks ago. He said, quote, I'm not a politician. I don't understand how it all works, but I know that all the universities in Kansas are certainly disappointed that the name, image, and likeness did not pass. We are now hoping that the federal government or the NCAA will step in and mandate something that could kick in before whatever the state of Kansas potentially does would kick in. And that's exactly right. States like Kansas are now at the mercy, mercy, of uh, the federal government or of the NCAA. And I can't think of two less reliable entities than our federal government and the NCAA. Like, all seriousness. That's not a political statement. That's just a fact. Like, they, they both stink at coming through on any type of promises. And to now be sitting here and being like, oh, you know what? We got to, well, we better just hope that these guys come through in the clutch for us sometime this summer. That could be wishful thinking. 
that could be very much wishful thinking. And uh, there's also some belief that maybe, maybe the Supreme Court will get involved with this thing. And, you know, that's a whole nother issue to see how and when that plays out and if they hear the case or not. But basically all the SEC states are going to have this name, image, and likeness. Texas and Oklahoma will have this name, image, and likeness bill. So all the schools in those states. But if Kansas, Iowa, and West Virginia doesn't uh, do this, and it looks like they won't based on their legislative sessions ending, then this is an enormous deal for not just the Big 12, but all the college athletics. And it will radically shift how these teams are able to um, recruit. Like, think about... Think about what's going on uh, for Iowa State with Matt Campbell, who is continuing to do a phenomenal job. But if suddenly, you know, even Matt Campbell, who usually finds those diamonds in the rough, those high three-star guys that, you know, he can mold into his image and his likeness, no pun intended. If those guys are like, well, listen, Coach, I love you. I love the brand. I love Ames. I love the culture. But, you know, if I can go make some money at Texas Tech – I I may just have to do it, Coach. I'm sorry. I just, you know, I got to make some money here potentially. I got to strike while the iron's hot. What are you going to tell them? Seriously, what are you going to tell them? This is is getting attention, but it's not getting enough attention. And it could have massive ramifications, not just for the Big 12, but for all of college athletics. And we better hope that the NCAA or Congress – steps in, fixes this, and gets it done. Because even if it takes one year, like that is one full recruiting cycle that could be a total disaster and could leave some schools, including Big Big 12 schools, behind. And I don't want to see that for this conference. I don't want to see, you know, an unequal balance of power. Because what will happen, by the way, is um, if you don't like the gap between, let's say, just in terms of talent, OU, Texas, and the rest of the Big 12 – well, you're in for a world of hurt because it's only going to grow. It's only going to get wider. And that's not what anybody uh, should want right now. So this is a big deal, and we're going to keep following it here on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. I'm Pete Mundo. It's good to be with you for another week here on the show. Boy, they are flying by, and uh, we are covering baseball, by the way. We're not going to do a lot on the show, but in terms of written content, We've got some good, good baseball content that you don't want to miss. Be sure to go uh, check it out right now at heartlandcollegesports.com. Regional play is getting underway this weekend, and three Big 12 programs are hosting regionals this weekend on the baseball scene. Texas, TCU, and Texas Tech. So be sure to follow us for all the latest news and information. Coming up next, we've got much more, including I've got I've to give the Texas A&M Aggies a hard time about something. It's too much fun to do. We'll do it coming up next. And before we continue, guys, please do take a moment out uh, on iTunes or Spotify, but iTunes the big player here, obviously, and leave us a rating and a review on this show. Uh, We are rising up the college football rankings on iTunes because of your ratings and reviews. Without getting too complex, I'm just letting you know that it helps us tremendously keep growing this show every week. And We're beating out some of the big dogs in the game here thanks to your guys' ratings and reviews. So leave me a rating and a review on this show and then uh, send me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com and we'll get a Heartland College Sports koozie 
in the mail for you when you leave a rating and a review. That's what, what I've got them all at home. They're sitting right there. Uh, I've got a huge new box waiting for you. The koozie will be in your mailbox after that rating and review. And send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com. That's M-U-N-D-O. Thanks so much, guys. Any chance to troll the Texas A&M Aggies, I am going to take. Pete Mundo on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. This, this, if you want to see this video, it's up on the website. We'll play a quick little snippet for you here. But Texas A&M put together a a hype video for the football program, and here's a little bit of what that that sounded like for you. The lying in the weeds. It's a very popular metaphor. But I don't think there's any program out there, pound for pound, that this metaphor describes more than Texas A&M football. Lying in the weeds. It's that thing that, it's, it's that animal, that predator that's, all, that's able to arrive before you even knew it was there. I'd, I'd buy a ton of stuff. All right. I, I, I've, I've, I've heard enough. I, I've heard enough of Texas A&M hype videos uh, for my lifetime after that. But anyway, uh, this video from Texas A&M is titled, We Ain't Done Yet. Now, I, I don't know exactly what that means. I mean, when I think about we ain't done, I think about you've already accomplished something. And I'm wondering, well, what exactly has Texas A&M accomplished? What exactly have they done? What are they not done with? Texas A&M, are they not done winning anything of significance? Are they not done uh, finishing behind Alabama and the SEC West? Are they not done bragging about being in the SEC with nothing to show for it? Are they not done complaining about how the college football playoffs should be expanded? What exactly are they not done with? That's that's what I genuinely don't understand. I, I don't know. I'm trying to figure that one out, and I can't. So I had to have fun with that, and I'm like, geez, I got to listen to Texas A&M talk about how they're not done yet? Okay. Have, have fun with that one, guys. But, you know, for the rest of us, we're going to sit back and uh, watch you guys probably uh, be out of the SEC conversation by, oh, Halloween. And then advocating about how, you know, the SEC needs six teams in a four-team college football playoff because your conference is just that good and you're going to ride the coattails of the conference or something of that nature. So uh, expect to see that. But, gosh, the Aggies, just classic, classic Aggie. They don't know how to get out of their own way sometimes. They really don't. Now, on a more serious note, uh, Texas has a quarterback battle that is not yet solved, and this should not be shocking to you, but Steve Sarkeesian said last week that basically he is uh, not any closer to naming a starting quarterback for the 2021 season. It is down to Casey Thompson and Hudson Card. We know that they were both two guys who were uh, well-regarded, Coming out of high school, two big-time prospects. Thompson has been in the program longer, but uh, Sarkeesian is not yet close to making a decision. He said last week, quote, I didn't feel like 15 spring practices was enough to say, you're the starter, you're the backup. He went on to say it'll be a gut feeling for him as to whether or not the Longhorns will go with Casey Thompson or Hudson Card to start the 2021 college football season. Uh, But for what it's worth, they are both on the leadership council for the Longhorns. So that tells you it's not like, one guy's on the council. If one guy was on the leadership council, you'd say, well, maybe he's got a leg up in terms of, you know, being a leader of the program. And it would be weird if the guy who was on the leadership program was then not named the starting quarterback, right? So that would have been maybe a telltale sign. But Steve Sarkeesian is too smart for that. 
too smart for that. But anyway, um, where do I think this goes? Now, my gut right now tells me that Casey Thompson is going to end up being the starting quarterback to start the year. I don't know if Casey Thompson is uh, the best guy long-term for Steve Sarkeesian's system. I mean, I think about a guy like Mac Jones, not exactly a dual threat. Now, uh, both guys, Thompson and Card, are considered dual threat. Thompson obviously has the better wheels um, than does Card, but Card technically was the number two dual threat quarterback in the class of 2020 per 247 Sports. So uh, both guys have mobility, right? Both guys um, can move the ball with their legs. But what I would say is that at least based on right now, Thompson, just based on running capabilities, is the better player. Does that mean he's the right guy for the job right now? You know, we haven't seen those 15 practices to know where they're at, to know where, you know, which guy's picking up the playbook better than the other. But I believe we're going to be in August before we find out who the starting quarterback is for these Texas Longhorns. They're both talented. It'll come down likely to who Sark thinks is a better fit for his system. And also, I think this should matter. Who picks up the system more quickly, right? Not just who's a better fit, but which guy do you think, hey, by week four, this guy will have a better grasp on the system than will the other guy. That should matter. I don't know how much it does to Steve Sarkeesian, but it should matter. And this is the biggest personnel decision in the Big 12 for the remainder of the offseason. I mean, obviously, quarterback is the sexiest position. It's also the most important position in the entire conference. So it will play a role. It will play a factor. It should play a role and a factor. And it will be talked about by us and many others until we get an answer. But Sarkeesian thus far appears to be playing his cards close to the vest. And that is um, not at all, not at all a surprise. And, And frankly, should not be a surprise based on where things are at. I mean, it's June 1st, so there's time. But this will be very, very interesting to see how this plays out. And I could see, and I hate that this might be the case, but I could see whoever doesn't get the starting job transferring, hitting the transfer portal. More likely if Thompson doesn't get the starting job. Because remember, this guy has been around the program for a long time, very long time. He waited probably longer than he thought he was going to wait to uh, end up as a potential starting quarterback for the Texas Longhorns. He was part of the 2018 class out of Newcastle, Oklahoma. So talking about now three seasons he's been on campus, has not been a starter, saw some action in that Alamo Bowl last year. But now it's like he's thinking, okay, I'm entering year four on campus. This is my turn. And if he doesn't do it, then I could see him leaving the program. That's just me. Whereas Hudson Card will say, hey, this is only year two for me. Uh, I'm going to hang around. Maybe Thompson won't be the fit that they think he'll be, and I'll still get my shot. But you see it all the time, especially a quarterback. Guys don't get the starting job, and they are gone. They're transferring. They're moving out. All right? Uh, On another note, in Norman, Oklahoma football is pissed. Yeah, they're pissed. They're upset that they got an 11 a.m. kickoff time for the Nebraska game. OU put out a statement saying, We are bitterly disappointed the great OU-Nebraska rivalry on the 50th anniversary of the game of the century will kick off at 11 a.m. We tried every possible avenue to proactively make our case. The Big 12 Conference also supported our strenuous efforts to secure a more traditional time that would honor this game and our fans. However, 
In the end, our TV partner chose to exercise its full contractual rights and denied our requests. So this is the Oklahoma football program saying we are not happy with the 11 a.m. kickoff. OU, by the way, has been hosed with way too many 11 a.m. kickoffs in recent years. Why does that happen? Well, because I believe the TV networks, they want to find the Big Ten or the SEC big dog to put in the primo spots, but they don't want 11 a.m. to be a wasteland. So they put OU, a national brand, in their 11 a.m. central time slot because they're like, well, we want to make sure we feature the Big Ten or the SEC, but we really like Oklahoma, so let's start off our day with Oklahoma and hope that that brings in a big number at 11 a.m., a big ratings number at 11 a.m., and then we're off to the races for the rest of the day. I understand why they do that, but it does feel like a disservice to Oklahoma, who is in many ways a victim of its success and a victim of its national brand because they're still catering to Ohio State. They're still catering to, and by they, I mean, you know, when it comes to the Big Ten, it's Fox Sports catering to the Big Ten. And when it comes to ESPN, they are catering to the SEC. So the Big 12 and Oklahoma is kind of getting squeezed a little bit. And they're like, no, 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 we want you to have a big number. We just want it to be at 11 a.m. And I understand where OU is like ticked off, especially I know Nebraska stinks. OU is a 19-point favorite already in that game. So it doesn't have the hype on the field. But because of the history around it, it will have a lot of hype. And I understand OU saying, hey, could we at least get a 230 time slot for this game? But as they pointed out, contractually, they couldn't do anything about it. But at least they did put out that statement. Pete Mundo on Heartland College Sports Weekly. HeartlandCollegeSports.com is the site. More with you coming up next. So I'm going to start calming some of your concerns about Big 12 football realignment and uh, the conference blowing up and why you should not be concerned. Some of this I talked about last week, but I want to expand on it here on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of HeartlandCollegeSports.com. I'm Pete Mundo. A final few minutes here on the show. So our friends over at Crimson and Cream Machine wrote about this. They're an OU-based website, part of SB Nation, and they wrote a piece titled here, Oklahoma Sooners uh, football, ominous signs for the Big 12's future. And they talk about two things that happened over the last couple of weeks. Number one was the issue we talked about last week, where ESPN and Fox basically told the Big 12, hey, we're not ready to start talking about um, extending TV deals. We're just not there yet. All right? And I told you last week, and trust me, I mean, no one's got more, uh, I don't want to say passion because we're all passionate, but obviously as someone that runs and owns a website and a digital media outlet based around the Big 12, if anybody would be freaking out a little bit right now, it'd be me. But I'm not. It's early. It's very early. And right now, why would you, if you're ESPN or Fox, why would you say, yeah, sure, Big 12, here's another $45 million a year for the next 10 years? Like, you have all the leverage on the TV side. The Big 12 doesn't. So you're not going to start negotiating something when you don't have to. When your opponent in the negotiation has zero leverage to speak of. So it's okay. It's really okay that this happened. I'm not freaking out. The D, the TV deal runs through 2025. We're not talking 
2022 or 2023 here. There's, there's time left. The other thing that Crimson and Cream wrote about here, Alan Kenny, who does a very good job. The other thing he wrote about here about why the Big 12 uh, may be in a precarious position tied to these two recent developments is also that OU was pissed. And boy, were they pissed that the Nebraska game uh, this year, the 50th anniversary of the game of the century, was going to kick off at 11 a.m. And we also touched on this last week. And they put out a statement saying, quote, we're bitterly disappointed that the great OU-Nebraska rivalry on the 50th anniversary of the game of the century will kick off at 11 a.m. We tried every possible avenue to proactively make our case. The Big 12 Conference also supported these strenuous efforts to secure a more traditional time that would honor this game and our fans. However, in the end, our TV partner chose to exercise its full contractual rights and denied our requests. That is from Athletics Director Joe Castiglione. Obviously, he was ticked off, and OU has had a ton of 11 a.m. games. 42, 42, 11, or 11.30 a.m. time slots since 2011. Uh, 23 times over the past five seasons. Uh, I agree. That's ridiculous. OU is a premier program in the country, a blue blood, a TV draw. But here's the thing. That's why it's happening. Fox, especially Fox, appears convinced that that 11 a.m. Central window will uh, get a rating if OU is in that slot. And then they can put in their Big Ten Blue Bloods into the uh, nighttime slot, and they can get three games in a row, ideally, where people will stay on Fox. That's what they hope for. And that's why OU has ended up with so many of these 11 a.m. Central Time games. I hate it. I, I agree. I want to see OU playing prime time, baby. I want to see uh, the Sooners under the lights. That's what I want to see, as many of you do. But understand, when you sold your soul to these uh, TV companies, as everyone in college athletics has, to the tune of tens of millions of dollars per year, you got to understand you're playing their game here. All right. I mean, you guys are making big money, big, big money because of these TV deals. So as much as it stinks that like Texas Tech gets more games in the afternoon than OU does, understand why that happens. Understand the reasoning behind why that takes place, which I just explained to you. The one thing I'll say that OU probably has a right to be a little bit peeved about is the fact that OU clearly has complained and lobbied behind the scenes to have less than 11 a.m. kickoffs. It has not worked. What would that be like if it was the Big Ten League office who had been interceding on OU's behalf, saying, hey, Fox, I, I know contractually you can do it, but please don't put us in a position here where we've got to end up you know, uh, having OU in every 11 a.m. kickoff. We just don't want to deal with that anymore or do that anymore. Can you help us out a little bit here? So could it be the Big 12 is maybe frustrated, or I should say OU is frustrated with the Big 12, with Bob Bowlesby and its inability to help them get out of some of these 11 a.m. kickoffs? Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. And maybe OU says, hey, if we were in the SEC, if we were in the Big 10, we would have uh, less issues here with all these 11 a.m. kickoffs. All I'm going to say is until I see evidence of that, be careful what you wish for, Okay. Because right now, if your complaint, if you're an OU fan or you're with OU, if your complaint is, hey, 
I'm sick of having to play Baylor and Texas Tech and um, Kansas State always at 11 a.m. Well, why would it be any different in the Big Ten? If OU's playing Indiana or OU is playing Rutgers and Ohio State's playing whoever, Northwestern, Ohio State, it seems like, is still going to get the benefit of the doubt from the TV networks with that night time slot, right? Still seems that's going to happen. So if both the Blue Bloods are playing mediocre competition that week, what leads you to believe that OU is going to get a better time slot if they're in the Big Ten playing mediocre competition versus being in the Big 12 playing mediocre competition? I'm not convinced that that changes anything for the Oklahoma Sooners. So that's something that uh, be careful what you wish for, which is a cliche. And the other cliche I'll use since I'm on a roll of cliches is the grass is not always greener. And I've talked about this many times. Uh, It's come up time and time again. But the grass is not always greener. Where you say, I'm going to the Big Ten. They'll they'll make sure we don't kick off at 11 a.m. five times a year. Based on what? Like what, what, what is that assumption based off of? Because it's not clear to me that is based on anything in particular. So that's what you want to keep an eye on here, and that's what we'll all keep an eye on here going forward. But I'm not freaking out right now about, you know, well, OU's pissed off about the Nebraska kickoff time and then the TV deal with um, Fox and ESPN saying, not right now, Big 12, we're not doing this right now. Like those two things aren't reason to believe, in my estimation, that we need to be concerned about the future of the Big 12. I'm just, I'm not anywhere close to that. But I do know this, Big 12 Media Days is going to be fun with Bob Bowlesby, the commissioner, answering some questions. So stay tuned for that. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. It is great to be here with you each and every week. And before you close out, just take 30 seconds. Leave me a rating and a review on this podcast on iTunes. And hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. And we will send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie when you send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. That's where you send the email and the screenshot of your rating and review. Appreciate you guys so much. We'll talk to you next week. Same time, same place.